0: Day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show.
1: You know when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black.
2: JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders.
0: On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick.
3: Out of the gate, JT, with you as we open up the show live from the Raiders facility, the Intermountain Healthcare Center here in beautiful Henderson, Nevada. I am live in the studios of Raider Nation on what is a very historic last 24 hours. And I'd like to cover that here also on a day and night where the Golden Knights will play at home, Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals. Something that's about as big as anything in the history of Vegas, especially with professional sports. And just a big day out here after Carl Nassib of the Raiders announced yesterday that he is gay and pledged $100,000 to the Trevor Project. We're brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. If you're looking for a place tonight to get your groove on for VGK, go to, a, go to a, uh, one of the many 64-plus locations here in the Valley, Golden Entertainment and PTs, get there for happy hour, and then get ready for the game as Montreal's in town and something big needs to happen. But we're going to lead with Carl Nassib and his announcement yesterday, and it happened after we got off the air, so I wasn't aware of it. And then basically the Internet broke as he made that announcement at his home in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Let's go to the full announcement yesterday afternoon. Carl Nassib, defensive end of the writers.
1: What's up, people? I'm Carl Nassib. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. I really have the best life. I got the best family friends and job a guy could ask for i'm a pretty private person so i hope you guys know that i'm really not doing this for attention i just think that representation and visibility are so important i actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary but until then you know i'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting that's compassionate and i'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the trevor project they're an incredible organization they're the number one Suicide Prevention Service for LGBTQ youth in America. And they're truly doing incredible things. And I'm very excited to be a part of it, to help in any way that I can. And I'm really pumped to see what the future holds. Uh, That's all I have for you guys. I hope you have a great day. Work hard.
3: So that was it. That is an historic announcement. And I want your opinion on it throughout Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. Again, we only had one show after mine yesterday. Vinny's when the news broke. And they talked about it today on the morning show, Pritch and Clay. I'd like to hear from our listeners here, listeners who have been with me well over 20 years throughout my career as this is an historic event. Now, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions, and the majority of it is very positive, which it should be, especially in the year 2021. I talked to a Raider executive today who's been with the team a long time who says this is a great moment, not only for Carl, but the Raiders – are thrilled that he is a Raider. If you look at Al Davis in the history of Mrs. Davis and now Mark Davis, when it comes to inclusion, no bias when it comes to gender, race, when it comes to any decision that anyone would make, when it comes to their life, the Raiders are the place to do it. Tom Flores is going into the Hall of Fame as the first Latino head coach, quarterback, head coach to win two Super Bowls. People bring that up, but Tom Flores should have been in the Hall of Fame 30 years ago, 20 years ago for his accomplishments. Carl Nassib, hopefully years from now, will not be described as a gay football player or a former football player who was gay and is gay. He should just be considered Carl Nassib, Las Vegas Raider football player. But he had the courage to come out because he wants to change lives. And he'll be able to do that with the Trevor Project And he'll be able to help out young people who are trying to make this decision, but for whatever reason cannot make that decision now, which is their own. So I don't know Carl well because he signed here last year. And as soon as he signed, we weren't allowed really to be around him. We had him on the show when he signed his contract, but we didn't talk about much during the season because we didn't have access to the players at practice or in the locker room. So this is a fantastic moment. And I think it's one of the big moments in the history of the Raiders, the entire organization, because of their progressive approach, their inclusion, and what the Raider organization thinks about all issues that bring people together. I'm very proud to work for this organization. When I talk to people about working for the Raiders in depth, when I talk to them, I talk about inclusion. You often hear me say the word family. I use words like that because it's very important to me. This is a family, and everyone is accepted equally. Mark Davis told Paul Gutierrez of ESPN, all the more power to Carl. It doesn't change my opinion of him as a person or as a Raider. John Gruden, via text message to Paul and ESPN, quote, I learned a long time ago, what makes a man different is what makes him great. This is a great organization for all. And if an individual has got to come up with the ability and courage to make this statement. No family and organization better to do it with when the, other than the Raiders. This is what the Raiders do. When, when the Raiders, Raiders have no bias when it comes to anything. You know that. That's why you're a proud member of the Raider Nation. So I'd like to hear what you think about this because it shocked a lot of people because a lot of people weren't expecting this. People in the organization, teammates, everybody's off. As I said, the staff's here working today, but most of the coaches and a lot of the staff are gone because this is vacation time. This is absolute vacation time for the organization, the pure time, not sales and not back office and media, but the players and the coaches split. And this happened with Carl Nassib, and everybody wants to talk to him, and he has his own PR team to handle this. I'm sure the Raiders will make him available at some point, and he'll be talking about this. But as a Raider fan, you have to look at this now as Carl Nassib, the football player. If you want to say Carl Nassib, the gay football player, you can go ahead and say that. There's nothing wrong with that. He's a gay football player, the first to come out on an NFL roster. And it's an important moment in the history of the NFL, Also, some of the comments that were made, especially by Roger Goodell and the head of the union, DeMora Smith, and other teammates, they all support Carl Nassib. But I was listening to Mike Pritchard on the way in this morning, and he talked about the ignorance around the league, what could be said at the line of scrimmage, what could be said behind the scenes, uh, cowards on social media, and what they could do now. You'll learn a lot about a lot of people. When an announcement like this is made, because it's never been made in NFL history. Michael Sam didn't, that was a combine move, didn't make a roster. This is Carl Nassib, a guy who signed a really big deal for $25 million. So congratulations to Carl on this announcement. The word courage means a lot to a lot of people. He's going to help a lot of people. His money and his leadership and his voice are going to affect thousands, maybe millions of people. And it begins in a Raider uniform. As another executive told me today, this is a great day for the Raiders. This is what happens when you're a Raider. You can make an announcement like this that maybe you did not make in the past on another team, or you weren't comfortable, but when you're around this family, you're around this community, Carl Nassib thought it was the perfect time to make that announcement, and he did it as a member of the Silver and Black. 702-365-9200. All right, let's just talk about him as a football player for a second. I think he's got his work cut out for him, period. And we're just going to treat him as a football player, period. If you would have told me a week ago would Carl Nassib be on this team after cuts on the final roster, yeah, I I think he would. I think he would make the Raiders because he's a specialist. He's an edge rusher, and the Raiders aren't very good at that. And they brought in Yannick Ngakwe, and they drafted Malcolm Kuntz. So they realized that they weren't strong at this position, a position that Carl Nassib plays. Nassib has made a lot of money. He made a lot of guaranteed money. And he would be a pretty big cap hit if the Raiders let him go. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because he's a football player. And people are going to want to talk about his role with the team. He joined the Raiders last year as a free agent on a three-year, $25 million deal. $16.75 $16.75 million guaranteed. Now remember, he had 2.5 sacks and interception in 14 games with five starts. And there were games that he was not activated and didn't play. So that's a little bit of a concern for me. How, how well of a football player is he? How great will he be? It has nothing to do with his announcement that he's gay. This would have been a player that you and I would have gotten around to at the end of training camp in the preseason, wondering if the Raiders were going to let him go and take a big cap hit or if the Raiders are looking to trade him or if the Raiders are going to keep him on the roster. None of that will have anything to do with the announcement that he's gay. It's just a football decision. And if you want pure equality, pure equality, which we should all want for everyone, including Carl Nassib, you continue to treat him like a football player trying to make the 53-man roster. I would have guessed he'd make the team. But there's not a lot of room on this team anymore, as I've been telling you. I have the projected roster in front of me. He is in that group that could be let go or can be kept. And there's a few players in that, in that defensive line room, defensive end room, who are going to be competing really hard. He was a third-round draft pick of the Cleveland Browns in 2016, also played two seasons with Tampa Bay. Before joining the Raiders, remember him on Hard Knocks in 2018. He gave his teammates financial advice and offered his opinion on the existence of aliens. So Carl Nassib is a Raider. He will always be a Raider. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Let's get the opinion of the Raider Nation on this topic, 702-365-9200. If you don't want to call in, I'm on Twitter at jt the brick. You know, Gruden and Mayock have been criticized for some of their draft picks, deservingly so. An important aspect that gets overlooked is their attempt to build the right team, all right, to bring in addition to this talented roster. So when we take a look at this group, it's evident that they all support Carl. They all support him. Carl had that support of his brothers that enable him to make this announcement. I think it speaks volumes about the type of team and organization that is being built here in Las Vegas. The team that is being built in Las Vegas is about brotherhood, family, and inclusion. With that being said, you know, I think he's a risk of being cut because he'd be a massive cap hit not because he made an announcement or didn't make an announcement. So your opinion on what's going on, and this is a big topic. I expect to hear from Raider fans today on this topic. I got a lot of hockey back end in the show because of the Golden Knights tonight. And a lot of times I don't do two hours of Raiders because there's not enough Raider fans and there's not enough content on a day like today. This is a big day for Raider fans to talk about this, Carl Nassib. This is your team. This is your family. This is your player. How big of a deal is it? For me, it's a really big deal. Other people in the organization are downplaying it and saying, no, it's not a big deal. You know, he just made an announcement. I disagree. I think this is a great day in Raider history. I think it's an important day in Raider history. I think you can tie this announcement all the way to Al Davis, Mrs. Davis, and clearly to Mark Davis and the inclusion with this team. And when those days happen here on the flagship, we're going to talk about it and we expect to hear from you. Paul in the Bay Area, start us off on Raider Nation Radio. Hello, Paul. Hey, JT, thanks for taking my call. I called you last week about Derek
4: Carr, and I had a call back Carl Nassib. Mm-hmm. I think that it was very strong of him to come out. Uh, people here in the Bay Area are, are very forgiving and accommodating, and I totally support him. As long as he can do his job, play to his best ability, What can you say? I think he's being transparent, Mm -hmm. and uh, who knows if other players on other teams might come out because of him. Doesn't matter to me. I just appreciate that he's a Raider, and I've seen some people on Facebook saying, oh, they're going to cut him or, you know, Mm -hmm. he should go away. Um, Totally disagree with that. He's here on the Raiders because he wants to be here, and he's playing his heart out. That's all I can say. I I appreciate all your uh, synopsis Mm -hmm. about what you talked about him earlier. Uh, It helped uh, answer some questions for me. Just want to say thank you.
3: Thank you. Appreciate you calling in. We should have nine people on hold talking about this. It's one of the biggest announcements in Raider history. It is. The first ever player to come out gay, he plays for the Raiders. Cat shouldn't have your tongue on this one. This is a very inclusive topic on the support of Carl Nassib and what it means to be a Raider and what it means to be a Raider fan. And I think there is going to be a lot of support on this. And you learn a lot about people with the way they react to something like this. You know, this could be the best, something really positive in social media, because it gets individuals or inclusive who don't want to talk sports on social media to come to social media, to go on Instagram, to go on Twitter, and thank Carl for what he did and support him. But then it also brings up some people that are negative, who use social media to hide behind anonymously to say bad things. I haven't looked at much of this. I did a, my national show last night, and there wasn't much interaction on it. There wasn't. And people are like, okay, the, but the caller just said something very important. Now there are going to be other NFL players that you know that NFL rosters have gay NFL players, many who never came out as they played and came out after they retired. But no doubt this will lead, and Carr will be a leader, for other players to come out on other rosters and make that announcement. And he'll be the reason why. Because for whatever reason, some people are comfortable with this. Some people want to keep their personal decisions to themselves. And they don't want to get involved with this. And remember, you know, I was on the radio in 2014 when Michael Sam became the first openly gay player to be drafted in NFL history. When the Rams took him 249th overall. He was cut by the team at the end of training camp that year and never played a regular season game in the NFL, which was pretty shocking. You know, he, was, he looked to be a very good player. He played well at times in college. I remember taking calls on him and if he was going to play in the league. And a lot's changed, I think, since 2014 to 2021. I talked about this with my sons last night who are Raider fans and my wife. And I knew I was coming into the building today, so I wanted to talk to a couple of people about it. And I knew this would be a great day in Raider history. I knew this would be an inclusion-positive day in the history of the Raiders, and I'd like to hear from some Raider fans who agree with me and can talk about... And then I think the most important thing when it comes to inclusion and being fair to Carl Nassib, the best way we can be fair to him is to talk about him as a football player. And that might not be super positive, but that's the way you treat him, as a Raider defensive end. And this announcement puts him in the spotlight. CNN, Anderson Cooper, Gail King, CBS This Morning, Everybody is trying to get a hold of Carl Nassib. Massive story on all the morning shows today, all the cable news outlets. ABC World News last night on all the networks had this in their half-hour broadcast. And I thought that was great because he was in a Raider uniform. He talked about him being a Las Vegas Raider and obviously him coming out as gay as a player who has made a lot of money recently and is going to be set for life with his contract. This was a nice contract for him to sign with the Raiders because it gives him job security for the rest of his life if he stays on the team or if he doesn't stay on the team. I would guess he makes the 53-man roster, but it's going to be close because last year he didn't play well, and there were times he couldn't get on the field. And I was hosting the pre- and post-game show, and we didn't know. And me and Eric Allen, Eric Allen and I would get the inactives, as we were hosting the pregame show, and Carl Nassib would be on the inactive list. And we'd look, wow, with the money he's making, that's pretty big money to not have a guy ready to play. And why wasn't he ready to play? See, last year, everybody had an excuse. It was COVID. There wasn't a lot happening in practice. A lot of players weren't available. Last year was a freaking mess. It was a mess. And that's why I give John Gruden a lot of credit with this team, being 8-8 eight and eight, that should have won 10 games. Every week I had an interview, John Gruden in this building for television. And every week, he, you could see it was heavy on him because he didn't have players available. Carl Nassib wasn't good enough to get on the field for a number of games. I don't know how much he improved in the offseason. But this is huge breaking news around the world. Dino in Toronto on Raider Nation Radio.
2: JT, my man, how are you? Great shows always. Long time I haven't talked to you. Hope uh, you and your family are all well. Um, just wanted to touch on uh, just a little bit of the Raider history going backwards, going in the past. Sorry, um, Mr. Davis was always ahead of the curve in any out of any sports in the world. Whatever, regardless of the sports, he was the first person to draft an African American quarterback in the first round, of the '60s. Uh, his first Hispanic quarterback to start in the NFL in the '60s first team to hire an african-american coach a hispanic coach before that really uh tom flores and then art shell and then ceo amy trask who was you know Mm -hmm. nothing you can't say anything she's amazing i mean and they're just they're just following where mr davis you know set the foundation this is a team that uh speaks volumes It's, it's it's a global team and um doesn't surprise me at all that uh, the support that they're giving Carl Nassib here—I mean, uh, I can't judge—can't judge any man. Only God can judge you. Uh, but you know what—he—he—he—he he, he, he feels that he has to do this, and you know, his heart's telling him, and I—and I—and I believe that his heart's in the right place. Thank you. Um, the other—the other thing I want to share, JT—I know you got a lot of people here. I—I—I um, I, I, uh, I remember wherever I travel, I'm always Raidered up. I'm on the beach, Raider, Raider gear, Raider T-shirt, Raider hat. My family, my daughter, my wife, all of us. I recall a trip we took to Bermuda once about six or seven years ago. And there was an African-American gentleman with his family on the beach. And he came up to me and he goes, man, Raider fan. And he goes, yeah. I go, how about you? He goes, I'm from Baltimore. I go, you guys got a good team? And he goes, no, man. He goes, I'm a Raider fan. He goes, in the 70s, we used to root for the Raiders. We couldn't wait for them to come to Baltimore so we could see them play. And he goes, Al Davis, man, he spoke up for us. He gave us, he gave us hope. And as a Canadian Listening to an African American person say this story to me, I mean, forget football, man. This is like deeper. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a, this is a movement. So, I just hope that the Raiders can have a great season and this can be like a, the icing on the cake, so to speak, where we can just get some, some wins and make the playoffs and hopefully go far. But uh, I, I'm all for it. I love the Raiders. I love what they stand for. Uh, Raider till I die. Thanks, JP. Nice phone love call, you, man. Dino.
3: Appreciate it from Toronto. You know, Carl's going to speak probably more in depth with the Raiders, You know, the in-house Raiders. Maybe we get him on the radio again. But the fact is, a question I would like to ask him is, why did he feel comfortable now? It technically is none of my business, but then he just made a massive global announcement that he's gay, so this is public information now. And why didn't he make that announcement? He said he was struggling for 15 years. He played for Cleveland and Tampa Bay. I would hopefully guess right, and it's just a guess. I don't know it to be accurate, that he's making this announcements because he's so comfortable with the Raider organization. That would be my guess, but only he could say it for real. So we'll see what happens, but it's a banner day. I'm, I'm embracing this day as an historic day, obviously for Carl Nassib in the last 24 hours, but the Raider organization, as Dino just said brilliantly, going back to the lineage of Al Davis, and what inclusion meant to him. Jimmy in Vegas on 920. Hello, Jimmy.
4: JT, how you doing, buddy? Good, thanks. Good, good, good. Yeah, like like Dino was saying, you, you knew if there was any, let's say, group of people or management or something that would be A-OK with these decisions, you knew the Raiders would be at the top of the heat, man. And, and that's because they've always been in that. You know, Al Davis used to say, give me all your misfits and all. You know what I mean? I'll turn them back into football players. Because he always gave guys chances. And that's the way the organization is now. And I know that's probably why he just felt more comfortable saying it now. So, right on, JT.
3: Yeah, I would think so. Thanks for the call. See, these calls are good. These are the calls I expected to hear today. But I also want to hear about Carl Nassib, the football player, so we can balance it out. We wouldn't have said a word, a word about Carl Nassib, I wouldn't have in a month unless this announcement came. And this announcement is very big. It's obviously bigger than football. It's a global topic. There are people around the world who are gay that don't follow NFL football, don't follow the Raiders. But they found this story in their timeline in the last 16, 18 hours. And now they're now Carl Nassib fans because they're— Gay, lesbian, they're saying to themselves, look at this athlete and the courage he had to do this, to be the first to do it. So he's going to gain a lot of fans. But he's also going to have to prove that he's a football player, which he is, that is worthy enough with his skill set to make the final 53. And I think he is because of the contract. Because of the contract and the cap hit. Because of the commitment the Raiders just made to him. But I don't know anybody who doesn't think he was not a disappointment last year when it came to a statistical and not dressing and not playing in a few games. He didn't shine last year. He didn't have a great year. And that should have nothing to do with him announcing that he's gay. And I think that's going to be a topic. This will be a topic that we'll discuss later on in the preseason. And I think with his skill set and his ability to get around the edge and to do what he does – If his game's ready, if his mind and body is right, he should make the team. And if he does make the team, he better have a better year than he had last year. He'll be the first to admit that because the Raiders need guys now getting double-digit sacks. The Raiders need guys coming in who are going to get to the quarterback. Get to the quarterback. All right, big show. That was brought to you by Sam and Ash, Sam and Ash Law, because you deserve what's right. If you get into an accident, only two people in town. They don't have testosterone pumping through their veins on a motorcycle and crashing into walls and screaming at you. They're Sam and Ash. They are kind, good people that pick up the phone and will help you. Go check out their website, SamandAshLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. I'm going to be here all day today. I'm working on a special new project with the Raiders. Earlier today, I was at Allegiant Stadium emceeing the Las Vegas Rugby Cup announcement. I'll tell you about that. And we're going to get into BGK. But let's keep the Carl Nassib calls going. I think it's an important day in Raider history for the fans. 702-365-9200. Raider Nation Radio.
4: To a back end of the gun. Goes straight back. And he's going to be sacked. Down he goes again. And a very good defensive play by Nassif.
3: Carl Nassif with the sack on that play. Turn it up. People are excited today. I was just down at the stadium for the Las Vegas Rugby Cup. It'll be the United States versus Ireland. October 30th at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, Ticket emails went out to PSL holders today. And I'm in the building. And that's a pretty big deal because... Everything that is selling in Allegiant Stadium is selling really well. Garth Brooks sold out the concerts, what we're seeing coming up here. You got WWE, whatever you're into, there's going to be something big coming up here before we get to Raider football, Guns N' Roses. So I was really happy today. I'm a rugby fan. I played in college. A couple of the members, the USA coach was there today, who I was able to introduce, and one of their players and it was just nice. Mark Bedane, the president of the Raiders, were there. The LVCVA, there were some big dignitaries there hanging out because they understood how big of a deal this is. So it's going to be the weekend of Halloween, which will be pretty fun because what will be cool about it is a lot of people will dress up when you go to a rugby match. You'll see fans dressed up in banana suits, dressed up in costumes. They'll wear their team logo. Ireland... There is a lot of Irish in Vegas. I learned that a long time ago from my good friend Johnny O'Donnell, the legendary bartender. Everywhere I go with him, 10 of the Irish come up to me and say, J-O-D, they're here. They're going to buy a lot of those tickets. And the Las Vegas Rugby Cup is international rugby. And the United States is getting better and better. And if they ever want to compete globally with Wales and New Zealand and the all-blacks, And all these teams from around the world, they got to continue to get better and better. So a very big honor today, as I was the MC of that event, over at Allegiant Stadium this morning. And I got there, and I I put out a tweet. I got there really early in the morning. And I got in there, and I walked out onto the field. There wasn't a human being anywhere in that stadium that I could see. And I walked through the end zone and walked out on that field, and you just see it. It's just gorgeous. What a stadium. What a view from the field that the players are going to have, and especially for international rugby. So if you're a PSL holder, if you're going to get an opportunity, buy those tickets because you want to be a part of these international events. We're talking about the announcement Carl Nassib made yesterday that he's gay, the impact it will have on the Raiders, his career, the NFL. Everything's wide open on this topic, and we should embrace it. Wendy in Santa Rosa. How are you, Wendy? Wendy
5: it's just when wendy here and hey wendy i'm so glad to call in and believe me yesterday i was so excited because it was such a shock of course but um my beloved raiders again you know get to be recognized for how we embrace each other and we embrace each other's differences you know he was gay before i mean he was he was on the team way before he was you know, way before we knew this. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like it made me think of Darren Waller coming out and talking about his story and Bax uh, Crosby coming out and talking about his story. And now this, it's like these guys are feeling comfortable to be who they are and to be part of this team and to be part of this family and to know that they're going to be able to be successful as a football player and not be put down for whatever they come with, you know, whatever things they come with. And uh, I also saw um, last night I was looking at highlights. I saw the interception that Nassib made. He intercepted Drew Locke at one point, and, you know, it was awesome. He ran all the way down to the 10-yard line. And, you know he he is a good football player. I you know I think among all the defense last year everybody struggled. So you know we'll see how he does this year, and we'll see whether he whether he makes the first string or whether he's you know backing up. But I I'm just really excited that you know kids in high school and college and university can now say oh they don't have to say oh I can't I can't do my dream because I'm gay, now they could say, I'll just keep playing football, you
3: know? Absolutely. Great call. Just win Wendy. You're right about that. I think the key to this conversation, and only Carl Nassib can answer it, is why did he pick this time to come out? Why did he come out as a Raider? What was the decision behind that? I'm not privy to any of that, nor will I assume, but I just, oh, I am assuming. I'm assuming because... Of this organization being inclusive and him feeling like he's a part of the family, the most the two most important people now in Gus Brad excuse me in Carl Nassib's football life are Gus Bradley and John Gruden. Gus Bradley, as I told you, I've interviewed him twice now. He's a really nice guy, but he's not making friends with people who aren't going to be here. Period. Gus Bradley comes in with a fresh set of eyes on this Raider defense. And if you can play and he thinks you could add to this depth and get on the field, he's going to play you. If he doesn't think you're good enough, he's going to cut you or not play you, back you up, not activate you, and give someone else a shot. The good news for Carl Nassib is I think he's a good enough player to make the team, but he's got to be better than last year. But don't we say that about everybody on this team? That's all I talk about is that Littleton has to be better. Kwiatkowski has to be better. Morrow had a very good year. Hopefully it wasn't beyond his expectations. That's the type of player he is. Damon Arnett has been talked about more than any other player, about is is he on the hot seat, is he going to play or not. Jonathan Abram, we've been talking about him for years. When is he going to be available and when is he going to play? Carl Nassib needs to be included in that conversation because he's not a lock to make the team. He's made a lot of money. He hasn't lived up to the contract. Then he announces that he's gay, which is global news, amazing news, very courageous, and it shouldn't have anything to do about the football decision. None of it. And that's how uh, far this country's come, that we can all agree with that, that he's got to go out and play great football to make this team because shouldn't the standards been set a little bit higher now? Shouldn't the standards be very high that a guy like Carl Nassib has got to look over his shoulder and say, yeah, you know, if I didn't play in a few games last year because they didn't want me to play and I didn't pop and I didn't have 10 sacks and I didn't have all these stats, I better have myself ready to go. And I think he'll be ready to go. I'm excited about that. Dan Duva will join us. The voice of the Golden Knights, Montreal in town Vegas tonight, 6 PM Pacific on NBC sports network and on our sister station, Fox Sports Radio. We'll talk to him and also a former NHL player, Scotty Upshaw, who knows a lot about these two teams. Coming up next, George Sedano from ESPN covers the NBA. You see him on Around the Horn, Sports Center, The Jump. There was no NBA last night. We'll get his opinions on the NBA without all this star power. A lot of stars not deep in the playoffs. George Sedano and Morrier Carl Nassim phone calls as we're brought to you by Grimaldi's Best pizza I Ever Had. Doc,
5: do you think Ben Simmons can can still be a point guard for, for a
4: championship team like the one you guys want to become?
0: Yeah, David, I don't know that question or the answer to that right now. You know, so I don't know the answer to that. What do you uh, when you say get in the gym with him? What
3: uh, what needs to be done? I mean, obviously, this is this is coaching. Yeah,
0: I mean, I uh, that's that's between Ben and I.
3: Doc Rivers, not a lot of support for Ben Simmons. George Sedano from ESPN will join us. He's calling in here in a minute or so. Uh, we are brought to you by a brand new sponsor, Five Iron Golf, the premier indoor golf facility. That recently opened in Area 15. Shout out to Kenny, the GM there. The man goes far beyond. I've had a great time over there. They got a bit of everything. If you like to hit golf balls, drink, watch sports, get better, this is your spot. They have eight TrackMan golf simulators or cameras in every bay. It shows your swing from three different angles. A full bar, shuffleboard, and the brand new top-of-the-line clubs which is really important because if you go to some other places in town to hit golf balls, they give you terrible clubs if you're coming in and you don't want to bring your own clubs. These are the best in the business. Their technology will make you feel like a pro, and the beauty of Five Iron is that it's for everyone. It's a place for serious golfers or just a place to hang out, drink with your friends and have a good time. Have you been to Area 15 yet? I've been there a bunch in the last two weeks as we nailed down this deal with Five Iron. Please go check it out, and when you come into Area 15, go to the second floor. You'll see Five Iron. Grab yourself a beverage. Sit there, look around, and tell me what you think. we got a great offer, one free hour of simulator time to check out. That's a $65 value. Tell them JT sent you. So call now and reserve your spot at Five Iron Golf in Area 15. Here he is, my longtime friend and colleague, George Sedano from ESPN Radio in L.A., and ESPN television and George, we were just talking about Ben Simmons and his future. What would you do if you were controlling the future of big Ben?
0: JT, it really is complicated. I, I still think that Ben Simmons has real value out there. Now, is it the same value he would have had that could have garnered the Sixers James Harden? I don't know. Probably not is my guess, but there's a reason he was the number one pick in the draft. There's a reason he's a max player. There's a reason he's a multi-time all-star. There's a reason he's the defensive player of the year. He needs to get out of whatever it is that's bothering him or he's dealing with in these moments, Um, and whether that's a sports psychologist, whether that's just getting in the gym with other guys that he is comfortable with, he's got to do whatever it takes to do that because he needs – For all our sake, as fans, to be honest with you, not just Philly fans' sake, for all our fans' sake, right? For anyone who loves basketball's sake, he needs to fulfill that potential that we know he has. This kid has the potential to be a top five player and talent in the NBA because he's got everything but the shooting ability at the moment, and that other stuff is usually hard. Defense, JT is usually something that comes much later in a guy's mm-hmm. career. I'll give you the perfect example. Chris Bosh, I believe, is a 12-time All-Star. And he told me, after the first couple of years in Miami, he's like, when I was in Toronto, I didn't even know what defense was compared to this. Like this, that I, what I'm having to do to win a championship, the type of sacrifice I need to make on the defensive end to win a championship, I don't, I don't know what any of this looked like. Until now, until I'm in my mid-20s, late-20s, he does that already. So he needs to just find whatever that comfort zone is. Because I've seen him practice, JT. I've been around him at some of those summer workouts. And he lets it rip. Does it always go in? No, but he lets it rip. So what I saw this postseason particularly was astonishing to me based off the guy that I've seen in the regular season and the guy I've seen in the offseason.
3: George Sedano joins us. Yeah, it's really interesting because then there's the other side of it that his game doesn't match up well with Joel Embiid. And I don't know much about that. You got a really great center who loves to shoot. You know I don't like when Anthony Davis shoots threes. I don't like when guys are shooting threes. I like them planted on the low block. And I don't know of his game, which at times is on the perimeter, and Simmons, who now just doesn't feel confident attacking the rim because he doesn't want to go to the free throw line, do you think that their chemistry could come together if, if Simmons finds the next level that he can't find now?
0: I think that Daryl Morey, the general manager – of the Philadelphia 76ers is going to have to take a really hard look at if they can fit together. Him and Doc Rivers and that entire group are going to have to make that decision, JT. Do I think it's possible? I think if he can shoot the ball, it's possible. I think if if this is who he is, then I think they need to be separated because I think both guys have incredible upside and have different skill sets that are both unique to them and both great in their own way. So if you have a guy in Ben Simmons who doesn't shoot the ball very well, then you need to put him in positions to succeed. How do you do that? You need to surround him with other guys who can shoot the ball well and can score. And I think if I look at Philly's roster construction, there's some of that, but, that means the paint is going to have to be open for Ben to get those easy buckets, whether it's in transition or from the dunker spot or whatnot. And if that's the case, JT, if he is the latter, if he's this, this is him, then you're going to need to separate them. That's probably my best guess at how Daryl Moore is looking at this.
3: George Sedano, ESPN, ESPN Radio in L.A., all right, George, it's interesting. I got it right. We don't get paid to get it right. We get we get paid to have opinions, and I didn't like the construction of Brooklyn. Kyrie almost train wrecked the Celtics. Not many guys leave Boston and that brilliant franchise with all that history the way he did. And Harden, I'm one of the few guys tying his injury to quitting on Houston, getting out of shape, and then chasing that hamstring all year. I could be wrong. I'm not a professional <laughs> trainer, but I didn't like it at all. Nothing negative to say about Durant. He was incredible. Did you see Brooklyn getting this far, not getting this far? Are you surprised they're not going to be playing for a title?
0: I am surprised they're not going to be playing for a title because they were clicking on all cylinders through two games. Uh, Milwaukee was dead in the water, and then injuries happened, right? Uh, They just needed two of those guys to be healthy. And, heck, even with just one and change, because Harden was definitely not healthy when he came back, and, you know, he played pretty well in three games, but nothing like what we expect from James Harden because he was on one leg. You know, Milwaukee survived. And sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And we've seen that. You know, you and I share, uh, you know, Yankee fandom. You know, Jeffrey Mayer may or may not have have started something for the Yankees that, uh, you know, that lasted a long time. They were able to capitalize off a big moment in a division series against Baltimore and propelled themselves uh, to winning a bunch of championships after the fact. Would it have happened anyway? Maybe, but we don't know. So I, I just think that sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And in Brooklyn's case, the unfortunate side to that is sometimes it's worse to be unlucky than to be good. And, you know, when I looked at that team play game seven and the, the guys they had out there, beyond Durant you know Jeff Green's a nice player right mm-hmm. uh you know Bruce Brown is a scrappy player Joe Harris though JT if I was going to point the finger at anyone and I know those people think I'm crazy Joe Harris gets paid to do one thing hit three-pointers particularly open three-pointers and he had plenty of them and he missed a whole boatload of them and they paid him a lot of money to be a shooter on that team, 15, 16 million a year. And he came up real small in this series. So I think that that's something they're going to have to look at as far as the roster construction is concerned around these guys because the biggest predictor of future injury is past injury. So is Kyrie going to continue to get hurt? I mean, history says yes. Is James Harden has been very durable. and eh, it's a hamstring. I'm not so worried about that. But Kevin Durant, for as great as he is, He's coming off an amazing uh, you know, an amazing performance, coming off a ridiculous injury that most guys don't ever come back from. I hope that continues to be the case, but I don't know if you can bank on that. So if I'm Sean Marks, I'm looking at the pieces around these guys to make sure that I can find maybe some diamonds in the rough, some Terrence Manns, right? Like the guys, like the Clippers yes. did. You need to find those kind of guys.
3: George Sedano, ESPN, as we wrap it up. So it looks like, It looks like the deck chairs are cleaned out for Giannis to go on a run here and get a championship, which would be a legacy championship with the two MVPs, the face of the NBA, possibly internationally. But every time we overlook Atlanta, Trey Young and Gallinari and them are hitting big shots. I'm fascinated what you think on how Atlanta keeps these games close because they love to chuck up threes. They got a player in Trey that likes to do it. Do you think they can keep the series close, potentially, and get it out to six or seven games with Giannis?
0: Maybe six, JT. Milwaukee definitely found a better matchup for them. Philly nice. would have given them trouble, because historically they've given them trouble. So, at Atlanta, they have the great equalizer, as you mentioned, the three ball. is not just Trey. I mean, it's your old guys, Danilo Gallinari from the uh, – the, You know, the old – the Knicks days. You know, if you would have had this Danilo Gallinari, maybe he wouldn't have been in Denver. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter. That team can shoot from all over. Even, you know, John Collins has become a good three-point shooter. Really, everyone outside of Capella that plays heavy minutes can shoot the three balls. So they have that great equalizer. I think it can go six. Milwaukee's just too strong for them. Too much size with Giannis. And, and Middleton, and Holiday Holiday will, will be the guy chasing around Trey. Now, he doesn't have the length that Ben Simmons does uh, to bother him, but Holiday can get in on him, and, and he can recover very quickly because he's smaller uh, and more compact. It, you know, So he can play defense against Trey in a different way. I think what Atlanta's accomplished is tremendous. I think they deserve all the credit in the world. Nate McMillan should have a contract right now. I'm mm-hmm. stunned that Travis Schlenk, who's done a great job building this team and the Atlanta ownership group has not given Nate a contract to this point. He's still the interim coach. I think that's absurd. So, but nonetheless, I think Milwaukee is the team to beat in this series. And honestly, if I'm picking a team to win the whole thing, it's the guys from the Valley of the Sun. My buddy, James Jones, uh, JT Swat, who I saw play high school basketball in Miami at American high school. okay, And at the University of Miami and a champion uh, both in Miami and Cleveland, as the general manager of the Phoenix Suns has built this team right. He was able to get Chris Paul there. I think Chris will be able to play sooner rather than later. I think
3: the Suns are the team to beat. Last one for George Sedano, ESPN. I've been fascinated by this, Dinah ask you. There's no Lakers since we went round one. The Clippers have LA. Now, we know they have a limited fan base. It's not a big fan base. The Lakers have all the fans. The Lakers weren't going back and forth with them in the Western Conference semis. It's been a while since the Lakers played. With Steve Ballmer, what they're trying to do in Los Angeles long-term, tell me something about what's it been like hosting a radio show in L.A. Are they taking advantage of this window, playing deep into the postseason, trying to build that market share in Los Angeles? I mean, they're trying, J.T., but you know what it's like. I mean, mean,
0: you've lived here. The Lakers have won 17 titles. The Clippers, this is the first time in the conference finals. And for many years, they were a joke. They had a joke owner. Now they have a real owner and someone who's willing to invest in the community and on multiple levels, you know, beyond just basketball. So it's going to take a long time. But little by little, those Clipper fans, they are chirping, JT, and they are chirping each and every round a little louder and louder and louder. And the Laker fans are getting tired of it. But as long as they're in it, they're going to have the last word, at least for this particular season. Will they, you know, make a dent in the city? I, I don't know. Maybe some five-year-old kid will say, wow, I want to be a Clippers fan. But it's certainly not happening with, happening with anyone older than that.
3: Absolutely. We'll reach out to you during the finals. Thanks so much for the time. All the best, my friend. You got it, JT. Anytime, man. Take care. Thanks, George. George Sedano brought to you by Modelo. An official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders as I'm in the Raider facility today. Later on tonight, a beautiful, beautiful, ice-cold, dripping wet Modelo, poolside, 100 degrees. Has it ever been a better time to have a Modelo Especial? Rich, full-flavored, Pilsner-style lager. I love it. Modelo, a proud partner of the show. When we come back, more on Carl Nassib's announcement yesterday that he's gay. It's a global story. And we're at the Raider facility. And then I'm going to dive into VGK, the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, will join us. How about his calls lately? We'll have a few of them. Hey, Vegas, let's act, not pretend, let's act like a global sports town. The Knights are playing tonight. Let's get behind our pro hockey team. Go Knights go.